Welcome to the I Love Wright County show. In this show, we explore local businesses that make our community a wonderful place to live. Each month, we'll sit down with a local business owner, learn more about their business, what it means to be an entrepreneur here in Wright County, and why they love being here. I'm your host, Amanda Galindo, and I'm a realtor here in the area. I've lived here for over 35 years, and I love living in Wright County. Let's get to it. Hey guys, it's Amanda Galindo here with the I Love Wright County show, and I have the one and only Mr. Monticello, Wes Olson. <laughs> oh, thanks for that. <laughs> with Wes Olson Electric. I, I only say that because I've known Wes for a few years through the Lions Club, and I feel like I feel like you know everything about Monticello Wes. You've been here for so long. You you grew up here, you graduated from here. You're still here. So even though you were supposed to be our November guest, I'm excited that I saved the best for last here. Well, thank you for inviting me. I don't know if you'll be pleasantly surprised or uh, disappointed. <laughs> <clears throat> so tell me about um, your journey here in Monticello. Like, wh where did it all start? Well, I was born and raised in Monticello. Uh, I... Uh, I uh, uh, have four brothers, and uh, my father was an electrician from since 1956 when he got out of out of uh, the Navy, and uh, he raised him and my mother raised uh, us five boys right there on on Sixth Street where my office is yet today. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I've been around. I've been involved with quite a few things in the community. So I've I've got a little insight as you know and into businesses that were in Monticello back then. I was a paper boy uh, for three years, and I got involved with sports, and then I got out of the paper business and got into sports and athletics in the summertime and then through the schools. Uh, graduated out of Monticello. <clears throat> Went to school at Anoka Tech mm -hmm. in, uh, in Anoka for actually something that I wanted to do. I had a plan to not be an electrician. <clears throat> I was going to go in the electronics Back then, uh, Medtronics was a big upcoming thing, and I wanted to get into medical electronics. So I went to school for research and development uh, electronics classes and uh, uh, married my childhood sweetheart at 19. Yeah. And uh, I went where the job was. It kept me home. Most of the people I went to school with at Anoka Tech got on-the-road jobs. So they kind of went all over the country uh, doing... Uh, repair work and so forth. And so I, I think I went the right way, uh, looking back, um, and started working with my dad and my brothers. We incorporated in 1976, <clears throat> I'm sorry, 1975, uh, and stayed together. Uh, and we had our ups and downs there. We, our corporation was getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And, uh, there were a lot of a lot of stressful moments, and I started to learn quickly that uh, I didn't like the big atmosphere for larger, larger job businesses and and employees, big employee base, and so forth. And uh, August of 2001, I broke away and started my own company, uh, Wes Olson Electric, um, and uh, I brought my son Eric along with me. And he's been a big part of the business ever since. He worked with me over at Olson and Sons Electric. And uh, he came with me when I broke away. Uh, so he's been there. 
Uh, everybody I have on my staff, I, I have uh, trained from day one. Uh, they're very good, very good at what they do, and we kind of enjoy it. We've kind of fit right into the community. Um, <clears throat> another reason I broke away is I didn't feel I wanted to go, didn't want to go out of town uh, to work. I felt the city of Monticello and the surrounding area had plenty of work for me. Mm -hmm. I didn't really need to. Uh, didn't really need to drive to the cities and do work and so forth. So I've kept a low company base. I haven't tried to grow. Uh, matter of fact, I've, I've, uh, uh, I've uh, meant to not grow. I didn't want to grow. I just wanted to stay small and do jobs that I could handle. Mm -hmm. So was that, <clears throat> you know, since your dad was in the business, um, and then when you and your brother got into the family business, was that the vision was to grow like a bigger electric company, like to have a lot more employees, or yeah. did it like just naturally happen and then it, you felt like it wasn't a fit for you? Yeah, I think so. I think the, the plan was to, to build a big business and be the, the staple in the, in the area. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, we, we unionized. We went into a, a union called Christian Labor Association. We were not affiliated with the IBEW in any way. It was a different union. And we had the union protections and then we had, of course, uh, union securities for, to our employees and so forth. And uh, um, that uh, uh, was kind of my vision. It was, there were hard times, you know, we, had, we, were, feeding, we were feeding five families mm -hmm. and it was difficult. It was very, very difficult. And uh, I never really saw, I never really saw a, a good, good conclusion that all of us would be in that same company and retire at the same time or, you know, one here and one there. Mm -hmm. uh, we were all close in age. And uh, I didn't see the future working real well with all of us being there. <clears throat> so I, I took an enormous gamble, an yeah. enormous step, and walked away from it. Yeah. <clears throat> Were all your brothers involved? Because do you have four brothers, or is there sisters too? Nope, just, just four, four brothers. brothers. Three okay. of us were licensed master <clears throat> electricians. Uh, the fourth one was uh, working in the motor shop. Okay. And uh, he just kind of ran the motor shop there. And uh, uh, he's not there anymore. I think they've retired. My oldest brother, Michael, he retired. And Mark retired. He had a bad back and some issues. And so he retired early, too. But uh, um, Warren is there now. Okay. So he's kind of running the show. And he's at the edge of retiring. And I think the program, it'll work out well for him, I think. It, yeah. Yeah. So Good. anyway. So what's your plan? You well, <clears throat> we've uh, we've got a good uh, we've got a good base here. We've got some good uh, good customers. They keep us busy. Uh, I think we've done fine work, where people respect us and they uh, our referrals are good. And uh, the people that we work for keep us. And when I get phone calls from. Uh, other other uh, businesses that have other electricians, I kind of ask why they're why they're switching, and I don't want to horn in on anybody else's work. I've tried very very hard not to, uh, and uh, I've always said if you're happy with the electrician you got, I I don't want to interfere with that because it's important to have that relationship, and uh, I kind of hope for the same respect from those people to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. There's plenty of business to go yep, around. There is. That's always there my is. philosophy. So, do you tend to um, do more commercial 
um, or kind I would of say a I'm, mix? I would say I'm probably 70, 75% commercial, okay. industrial, 25% residential. We do. We did a lot of townhomes. Uh, we've done new houses. We just finished a couple of them just recently. Uh, we did doll armor distributing, both those buildings, uh, suburban manufacturing. Uh, we've done five Taco Johns. We've done some... Uh, 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 nice projects. We, mm -hmm. we do work for this, uh, several cities, and uh, uh, we're real happy with keeping our customers. It's haven't seemed to have a problem with that. Yeah, good. <clears throat> so um, in the beginning, when you had branched off, were things always going well, or was there ever a time you were scared and you didn't know if the business was going to survive? I think the day I walked away, I was the most scared. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the, <clears throat> basically, uh, it wasn't an easy thing to do, mm -hmm. uh, to walk away from a family business. I walked away with $0 in the bank and my MasterCard. Yeah. And, uh, I was not given any, uh, any kind of money or anything for my shares in the business for five years. Uh, so I kind of built my business slowly, uh, on, on credit. So it was that was the hardest part, doing that and uh, convincing you know the rest of the family that it was the right thing to do. Uh, hard to do, yeah. You know, but uh, we got through it, and uh, I think there's plenty of work for both of us. They've done exactly what they intended to do: was get bigger, and uh, uh, they're out of town a lot. It's not too often we cross paths. Every once in a while, we will. We might end up with a job local here and bidding against each other, but we keep it cordial. Mm -hmm. That's good. Um, so how many employees do you have right now? I have four. Four, <clears throat> okay. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, obviously most of the public signs the back of their paycheck, not the front. Um, they don't really know what it's like to be a business owner, entrepreneur, um, and take all that risk. Is there anything that you wish people knew about what it's really like to own a small business? Well, I think uh, the first thing is if uh, I haven't heard of any of your podcasts, I apologize. Oh, but, you're fine. Uh, uh, I think that question would be answered the same, uh, probably by everybody. Uh, it it you don't go to work at eight in the morning and go home at four thirty or five. Um, there's so much more to do. Um, you have to get into the tax part of it and the, the payroll and the. It's just on and on. You have to look for work. You have to estimate work. You have to be cordial to customers. You have to seek out customers, and you have to please the customers afterwards. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes that's not so easy to do in this day. It was a lot easier years ago, but today it's it's a, it's a little tougher. I think maybe because uh, uh, maybe the quality of uh, service <clears throat> may be ramped up a little more than it used to be. I don't know, but uh, you have to be a little careful. We go through times where... There's years of employee uh, um, employee advantages, and there's years of employer advantages, and it it just uh, kind of goes with the goes with the course of the year, depending on how much work is out there and so forth. Where uh, it's very very important to us to maintain the employees we got uh, because we've trained them. Uh, we know what to expect from them, and we know they're. We know their ambitions and we know uh, their qualifications. 
we've got kind of a, a rule I set a long time ago. Uh, back when I was with OSC, I was the uh, I was in charge of service. <clears throat> I had the electronic background, so I had uh, the capability of doing troubleshooting fairly easy and very quick. But uh, I opened up a I made a rule that if I send guys out and if they can't fix something or figure out what's going on within an hour, they have to leave. And they have to come and get me, and then I'll go out and take care of it. Mm-hmm. Um, might be one of the biggest complaints, you know. Some people will, will, will say it took, took you too long to do or whatever, and we're, so we're very sensitive to those kind of things. Mm-hmm. We try to be very careful. But uh, to tell somebody... It's easy to be an employer. It's not. <clears throat> it's, a, it's a struggle. And you had an earlier question on where I'm going. I have a son right now that's in the process of uh, starting to take over some of those duties to learn and exercise his abilities to, to do what I did back in 2001. Yeah. Uh, you kind of got to spread your wings and learn as you go. <clears throat> I cannot sit anybody down. And tell them everything there is to know about starting your own business. It's 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 just too 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 broad <clears throat> to get uh, to get it all down on paper or to get it all down in a conversation. Things come up and you have to make decisions, and yeah, the decisions you make are going to reflect how you are as a business person mm-hmm. and how you are viewed in the community. Yeah, hundred percent. Yep. I think <clears throat> that's one thing that. When people want to open up their own business, whether it's like a trade or, you know, they have an idea, they want to open up a shop or um, sales and marketing, like you might be really good at being an electrician. But in order to run a successful business, you have to know how to do your taxes. You have to hire somebody to do your payroll if you don't want to do it yourself. You have to be the sales and marketing person and networker to build your relationships with your customers and making sure that they have a good experience so they'll refer you more business. And that's what a lot of people don't realize. They think, yeah. oh, well, I'm I'm a really good electrician, but if you're not good at customer service or relationship building, then you're not going to get the referrals and it's going to be a lot harder to build that business. Or if you make a lot of money and you don't know how to pay your taxes or you don't have a good accountant, you're just going to dig yourself a really big hole and you might not get out of it. And I think there's, you know, there's multifacets to owning yeah. a business and you don't realize that until you get into it, you know? Yeah, not to, not to discourage people from doing it because it is very, very self-rewarding. You know, it's, it's, uh, uh, there is a level of comfort at the end of the day, you know, that you've done your best and you were there, you made all the decisions. So uh, you have to live with those decisions because you're the guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, when people are out on job sites, I try to tell them don't get into an argument with a customer or anything. Just just, just be very, very passive and then pass it on to me and then I'll communicate with the customer as best I can. And, uh, you know, sometimes uh, you and the customer don't agree. So, uh, you know, you got to give a little bit. You got to learn to... You got to learn to uh, you know back away a little bit, but then again, at the same breath, you have to you have to stick up for what's right a little too. Mm-hmm. So I like to try to meet them halfway. Yeah, if there's something that uh, that they're not happy with. Well, you must be doing something right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I like to think so. I don't know. A lot of my customers come from my volunteer work, you know, because I meet so many people, uh, you know, out on the road doing other things. So. <clears throat> That's what I wanted to get into. Um, I know that you're really involved in the community. What 
how did you get started? Um, well, first off, <clears throat> I got started with a very, very accepting wife. <laughs> <laughs> she was my childhood sweetheart in second grade, and I ended up marrying her at 19. <clears throat> and uh, she, uh, she accepted the fact that I was an outgoing person and that I got involved with a lot of things. I was in JC's for 21 years uh, in Monticello, and from there I moved into the Lions. And so I've been a Lion member for uh, 25 years, 26 years. Uh, and prior to the 26 years, I had friends that were Lions, so I kind of uh, walked, walked that line, so to speak, and helped the Lions out while I was at JC. And I made a lot of friends in the Lions while I was younger. So it was a very easy transition for me. Everybody knew me. And uh, so uh, that's kind of how it went. I, I served six years, on the, uh, six years on the Senior Citizen Board of Directors. I served three years on the IADC Committee in the City of Monticello. Um, so I got to, I got to meet people. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was kind of fun because you know, a lot of the people I met through my volunteer work, I... I also had as a paper route. Oh, boy, funny. You know? Uh, so that was kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, the city of Monticello has changed a lot. It's I can remember so many things. Downtown Monticello, all the thriving companies were down on that road. And it, when you look back and you just see how things are today, it's just so different. I mean, there were so few people. A lot of their streets in Monticello were dirt. And When uh, you were growing up? Oh, yes. yes. Holy cow. Yeah. Like the side streets? or Oh, yeah. Well, the road, uh, <clears throat> Minnesota Street, if you know where 6th in Minnesota, where, yeah. where I have my, my house, uh, uh, Minnesota was a dirt dirt road going up the hill. Yeah. And I just went up to the hill to another dirt road and to some houses up there. Yeah. Stuart Hoagland built a house up on that hill there, and they had a Hickman's, uh, had a place there, and uh, uh, way before there was a... Uh, Boy, if I could think of that name, Black, Black Backstrom. I think it was a Backstrom. Uh, he owned the farm up there where the freeway split. <clears throat> I was working with my father in the in the garage, and he came down and was so upset that uh, they intervened and they they bought they bought his farm out because they were going to split it right in half with the freeway. He was so mad, but he owned. He owned uh, what 7th Street is today. It wasn't a street before. It was just a dirt road. He owned that, and he owed everything south from there. So that's where the mall was built, and that's where uh, Runnings is now, and uh, 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 the Cub Foods. That's where uh, Holiday Station Store used to be. Dairy Queen was up there. There was, uh, oh, gosh. So many things up there, but he came down the hill anyway. The story is, and he wanted to sell that whole piece of land from his farm, which was just up the hill from me, going east to 25 for $10,000. <clears> that was one piece of, that was a big piece of land. And all that, all that stuff was on there. All those businesses are there today. Uh, the first lot that was sold, we, my father said he'd love to buy it because he knew it was a good thing. But he didn't have ten thousand dollars because he was feeding, feeding five boys at the time. What year was this? Oh boy, that was I want to say back in the sixties. I want to say sixty two, sixty three, somewhere in there. Okay. 
Yeah, I was pretty young. But I remember the conversation because I've never seen him, my neighbor, so mad before. <laughs> but, <laughs> but my dad said he would buy it, <clears throat> but he couldn't afford it. So it went to somebody else. The first lot they sold up there was the Holiday's gas station. Yeah. And uh, they built a building up there, but they sold a lot for $100,000. Ah. That would hit home with you. Right, (laughs) yeah. So anyway, lost opportunity there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was, it's been different, been different growing up in this town, seeing so many changes with the old bridge and the new bridge coming in. Uh, My goodness, and all the, all the housing and motels and apartment buildings and yeah. It's just overwhelming. When I have friends uh, that I went to school with, they'll come home occasionally, and I'll hook up with them, and they're just absolutely amazed by what's happened here. So <clears throat> being that you grew up here, are you happy with the progress that has been made? Like, what what would you like to see done here? Well, I'm happy. I'm happy with, uh, I'm happy with the a lot of the pro- progress. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I'm a little disappointed there's not enough mid- and high-level housing uh, where they have to move out of town when they get there. I, I think somebody explained to me once, you get, you get people that move into town, business owners or even professionals, and they start small because that's what they can afford when they get to a certain point. Uh, they can afford more, and they want to they move into something big, and mm-hmm. they want to move into something big and rich. And there's really not that much here. Right, I you know, agree. It's uh, there's small and mid level, but there's no no high level housing, and uh, I don't know if there's a plan for any, but I think there should be. I uh, think they were talking about uh, adding some. Well, there was a developer that bought the old Monty Hill, yep, um, and they had that platted out for. Um, I forgot what. Those are what high zoning <coughs> that they had. That it was the higher end zoning. High end townhomes. I had blueprints on my desk for those. Um, Butch Lindenfelser and Skip Sorensen uh, were had a kind of a handshake deal to to actually promote those, and uh, they had a they had a good plan. It was high end. They wanted me to come up with numbers and stuff for heated heated bath towel ha- holders, and uh, you know put a lot of big extra stuff in there yeah. and try to try to sell it on that level. The high, high-end townhomes? Yeah. High, oh, really? Oh, were, I thought it was houses that they were well, going to be building up there. Well, or like a mixed-use. Yeah, it was okay. a mixed-use, but uh, they were uh, they were nice units, the ones I saw. Yeah. But they never came to be. So I I'm, this is just a personal question, but like downtown, because you said that it used to be like bustling when you were growing up. What What would you love to see down there right now? Like what would be your vision for downtown? Well, when I served on the IEDC for three years, we went around. In fact, I went around with Luke Dahlheimer. Him and I were a team. Uh, we went around and uh, uh, interviewed six or eight business owners uh, with that exact question. What would they like to see and how do they see the, uh, the town uh, uh, progressing from, you know, where it was then? And... Uh, a lot of the a lot of the uh, thing was uh, is to try to uh, uh, try to clean it up, try to make it more uh, more uh, uh, friendly with people walking around, more things to see other than just buildings, go mm-hmm. one building to the next, you know. And the plan was to kind of 
uh, raise some of those buildings and build some different buildings. Uh, I think they were in the process of buying some of that stuff out on the on the south side of Main Street. Uh, this is just my vision. Now, I don't know. I wasn't involved with what actually happened, but it seemed like there were some holdouts. The people that owned the owned some of that property, it, it just seemed like they... Uh, they held out. They didn't. They didn't want to see that progress. <clears throat> uh, the cost of that. The cost of that uh, land uh, went up quite a bit because mm-hmm. they saw that that they wanted things to do, and then it uh, uh, it kind of it scattered some of the people that were interested in doing it. Um, so there wasn't a hundred percent. There just wasn't a hundred percent cooperation. It never got off the ground down there. Uh, but there was plans. There was plans to just to clean it up and make some nice, nice shops down there and and uh, bring it on. They had uh, ideas of a big store going in uh, where they would have to take out some of the stuff that's down there, some of the nice stuff. Initial plan I saw was was a sad plan actually. They were thinking about buying out Dan Olson and oh, taking that taking that house out of there. Oh, I love that house. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> and that was a sad thing. I'm going, oh, he got to come up with something better than that. But they were uh, they were negotiating with stores like Kohl's and things like that to put just right there. Uh, the plan was to block off Third Street, and yeah, no more Third Street there. Yeah, uh, it was just a straight through, and then parking lot on the on the east side, and and then big store kind of thing on the west side, and then build small shops around it. Hmm. You know. I think there just needs to be some like pillar businesses and the first thing that you start with is like food or drinks. Like if if there was an awesome like wine bar with a really cool atmosphere and then you got like a cool restaurant cafe, I think that you could start attracting some more. But I think that a lot of times sometimes some not a lot not a lot of times but sometimes business owners or people like are waiting for this like help from maybe the city or the government, you know, mm-hmm. for different grants. And I think sometimes you just have to, you have to partner up with somebody who has the same vision and you just do it yourself. Like you don't sit and wait for somebody else to come up with a plan. Yeah. You just go and do it yourself yeah. Yeah. and then eventually figure it out. Cause there's just so much red tape when you're dealing with government and politics and, and things like that. Because I mean, yes, everybody, uh, a lot of people that are, involved in the, the politics and the city council and government and stuff, they all live in the area. And of course they want to see it thrive, but yeah. they're not the ones opening up their checkbook to put their mm-hmm. livelihood on the line. Yeah. Uh, you know, cocktails on Broadway, good start. You know, those little things like that are kind of nice. They're, they're uh, not the answer probably. You can't get too many of those, but I agree with the wine bar thing. <clears throat> wine bars everywhere you go, they're very popular. Uh, Deb and I go to uh, go to wine bars every every once in a while, and it's a treat. Have you been to the one in Maple Lake? Yes. Oh my gosh, a couple, couple times is my favorite <laughs> wine is. bar. I I haven't been to the one in Buffalo Evelyn's, but I think we're gonna check it out in the next couple of weeks. But yeah. I fell in love with that place, and you know what I actually really loved was 
we we came in, we didn't know like what we wanted, and the bartender who we found out was actually the owner, she was so friendly and just a level of customer service that you don't get anymore. Yep. You know, she's like, here, try this. What are you guys thinking? You know, she was just very nice. How are things going? You know, like... I just think that we're missing a lot of that personal touch, which goes back to what we've been talking about when you're trying to build a business is that relationship. You know, like I think if I would own something like that, I would be asking people, how did you hear about me? Thank you so much for coming in. How is everything? You know, that level of service that you don't, you don't get anymore. Really. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, getting back to the question you asked me about people that want to start their own business, <clears throat> You need to build your business around your personality. You have to be absolutely involved with that on every level. Uh, people that hire you for a good, good fair wage, uh, they want to have a little bit of personality behind the screwdriver. Yep. You know, they want to be able to talk and and communicate with that person, and they like uh, they like to know that the person that they're hiring, company and individual. Uh, uh, are are aware, you know, of cost of living and aware of things that go around to try to, you know, do the best you can for the for the nickel that you're going to get. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's it's good advice. Be absolutely involved with your business. Don't don't hire people to do it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. All right, last question. <clears throat> when it comes to your business and your legacy here in Monticello. What are you most proud of? I think when I retire, I'm going to be most proud of taking the time that I take to volunteer in the same community where I make my living. Uh, I like the idea of paying back and at times paying forward. But um, I think that's probably what I'm going to be most proud of. Uh, when I drive around town, see things that, that I've been involved in on a volunteer basis, and also realize that <clears throat> I made my living here. I made the community a better place to live, not only because of the living that I made here, but the volunteer work that I did. And uh, so I think that's that's what's going to make me feel the best when I retire. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing everything about your business, being vulnerable and Um, just giving some people some words of wisdom on how you've been able to build a successful business, but you've also been able to build a successful life. And I think that's important as well. And I admire all the work that you do with uh, the Lions Club. You know, that's where I know you're from. um, And you're involved in other things as well. So thank you so much for being a part of this podcast, Wes. Very good. Well, thank you. Thank you.